I am human. I lay dead on the street, bled today mixed with the tears of my mother. Did you hear my cry? It was in that pitch whistle. You heard it hit another. Your dogs you keep, retreat, let sleep, even eat at your table. Yet my waist expelled from fear and dread, no attentive scoop, stoop, you are able. I am human. My lover sighs for me, hopes to see, lays alone to just be without me. My daughters imagine a reflection, rejection, infection of empty. My son's erect legacy, void of his manhood, raised him without compassion. Community evolves a generation, embracing my assassin. I am human. See the spill of my seed, intellect, strength, humor, productivity, and spirit. There is a reckoning. It's in the wind, the sound, I can hear it. I am man, human, destined, designed to be free. Cage and slave for centuries, God's release is in the key. I am human. I am human. I am human. Hello, mobilizers. You're listening to Mission Possible. I'm Sheila Murphy, Chief Mobilizer for Mission to Mobilization. We are helping change perception, resourcing returning citizens, and positively impacting families. We get to hear the hearts of these amazing people sharing their remarkable stories of redemption. From their mouths to our hearts, we move just a little closer to the goal of perception change in the nation. Later in the show, we will look forward to hearing this week's battle plan. This is where well-being coach Nate Battle umpires and inspires us to further greatness. Now, this week's Mission Possible guest is Will McBride. Will served time and has now come full circle as he lives and gives back to his family and community in amazing ways. You will recall Will and his wife featured with me on NBC4 Harris Heroes, where we focused on the impact of our free family's life group support system. Well, we've been given this chance to learn a bit more about Mr. McBride. Please give a big Mission Possible welcome to our friend and brother, Will McBride. Hey, Will. Hey, Sheila. Thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate it. To God be the glory, as always. Yes, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, we just want to jump right in. Really excited to have you here. I always like for my guests to be able to give our listeners just a little backdrop on your incarceration, a little bit about yourself, and kind of how you got to the place you are right now. Sure, not a problem. Well, I would like to say that I'm a Washingtonian. I was born in the United Washington, D.C. I like the way everybody in your interviews was like a body. Everybody have a different function and stuff like that. 
Mine's, I was incarcerated at the age of 16 under the D.C. law called the Title 16. And what that is, is if you come in the District of Columbia, if you commit a violent offense, you can be charged as an adult. Mind you that this was my first charge, period, and I was doing time for attempted murder when I was 16 years old. I went in in, in the year 1990. I served my time down in Lorton. And then when they closed Lorton in 1998, I did two years in Waverly, Virginia, in Sussex Two State Prison. I came home in 2001, and I've been home ever since. I feel good that I accomplished a lot. There was a lot of a lot of issues, things that I look back, resource situations. But I broke the recidivism door, the revolving door, because when I was incarcerated, I made up my mind that if I can work inside a penitentiary, I can work two, three jobs that I have to do because being away at the age of 16, didn't come home till I was 28, mm. I learned a lot. Oh, I'm sure. I can only only imagine. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I really wanted to say how much I appreciate your story and how you ended up being, as I said, full circle, being able to go into the prison or the detention center and actually speak to young people that were actually in the seat of where you were. And so we will we'll talk about that in, in, just a mo- in just a moment. What I want to do, I want to paint a picture for our audience. And I want to talk about your family life. You are a husband to a very beautiful wife and father to a blended family. And I wanted you to talk about what you would say is the toughest part of fatherhood and what are some things you think that you may be doing right. No problem. Yes, I am married to a beautiful wife, Ariel. I've known her for about since 2010, but uh, we knew each other, but then we got back together. So we've been married for three years now. So we've been back together for five years and uh, we have a beautiful baby boy. Uh, He's three years old now. Yeah, we are blended because I do have another son, Isaiah McBride. He's 15, about to be 16 soon. And uh, she have kids as well. And he doesn't, my oldest son doesn't stay with me, but he comes over on the weekends. So it is a, uh, sometimes it can be challenging. You know, you have different attitudes and, and there's certain lines you can't cross because I feel as though if it was my child that biologically it would be a different story, but each parent is different. Right. As I might say, but it has been tough, but it is good. It is sweet at the same time because we do enjoy ourselves. We do, we do worship. We do go to church. We do family activities. And, uh, overall, we just look at it as doing the right thing. Right, right. What are some fun things that you all have done as a family? Well, we've, we've, uh, gone to the amusement parks. We've just gone out on movies. We do stuff in the house, cookouts. Uh, nice. we've, uh, we've done a lot of things. And now that the baby is here, it's just all about the baby. Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's something about, you know, babies. They, they take over a house. They take over the house. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, I wanted to find out a little bit about your work and what you believe maybe are three things that you want employers to know about returning citizens and really the ones that want to work. Talk a little bit about maybe three things that you really want employers to know about returning citizens that actually are working and, and want to work. 
But just give the brother or sister a chance because that's all that we're asking for. Just give us a chance and you will see that person be a great asset to your company because we will be reliable, we will be dedicated, and we are hungry to show you that we made a mistake. But if you just give us a chance, that we will make the best of it. For one, that's one. Another thing is that if you go out into a lot in society and you see a lot of returning citizens, a great deal of them have done the best and and made a better way for their life for them and their family. But just give us the resources and just give us a chance, and you will have a great asset to your company. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. And, I, and I've seen it. And we actually have employers that um, have given me feedback on the fact that initially they were not hiring returning citizens because they had heard negative things. But through some work that we're doing, conversations, education, they started hiring them. They actually, after their first one, they saw how conscientious they were, how diligent they were and the skill set that they had and they have uh, that one of this this one employer said that they have really missed many opportunities to hire really good folks and they're now starting to hire more returning citizens it is it's true you all are hungry and you are you're grateful for the opportunity to be able to work and serve and you just never know what you may have because that brother or sister has a game plan and just will give you different idea and a different dynamic on how you can run your business. And you'd be like, oh, I never thought of it like that. And where, how did you come up with this? And, and it just be very dynamic and beautiful thing if you just give that person a chance and you will see that. Wow. And then another time when I tell my other brothers and sisters, you got to be that spokesperson for that next brother or sister that's a returning citizen because I got brothers on where I work at and I tell them like this, listen, you got to keep this job for the next returning citizen. Mm-hmm. So when this, so when you go out there, then they be like, well, this person did well, so we can take that chance. So when you get that job, you got a lot of people looking at you. You got to think about the brothers and sisters, returning citizens that's coming behind you that will need that to be in that position that you are. And you just can't, you just got to do the right thing for that. That's, that's good stuff. That's real good. I love that. Now you let me know that recently you and Ariel bought a home. You purchased a home. How does that accomplishment make you feel? I feel I, I feel real blessed and I know and I give God the honor and glory because of that what we had to do to get into this position and it just comes from just having that as God gave my suitable helper my significant other my wife my rib and she's just always keep me on point and just the just being in this union with her and just doing it by God's way I can see that blessings is just coming because we're doing it the right way and uh, it's just opening up doors, and then we got other plans, what we want to do a couple of years from now, refinance this house and rent it out, and, you know, we have a maybe do a daycare, do something, but we just want to be blessed and be a blessing to someone else because we was blessed our, our own selves, and it's just wonderful to have a home. I'm in a good environment. My kids will be growing up in a good environment, and just let them know that, especially my sons, that, they don't have to go down the road that I went down because I didn't have that luxury or that situation in my upbringing. I grew up in the projects in Northwest, and it was just totally different than this area where I'm living at now. Beautiful. It's beautiful. You're creating a legacy for your yes. for your sons and 
for your daughters as well so that they they're seeing your wife and you be able to live out a healthy lifestyle in front of them so that's that's beautiful yes yes now you i mentioned earlier about you going into the detention center i was thinking about how how powerful that was and you being able to to go back there and so talk about what you felt maybe a, a few things that you shared from your new perspective as as a returning citizen yeah, as I'm seeing those youth, because some of them were sentenced to go to the federal system and some of them was waiting, some of them, but a majority of a lot of them was just taking in all the information that I was giving them because I've been in that chair, that seat that they were in. And uh, I know what was going through their mind because I could remember when I was in D.C. jail on a juvenile range, it was like very seldom was somebody going home. They was they was getting shipped out the Lord. You know, they, they go to court. They lost their trial a few months. It was just like a revolving door. So when it was my turn, it was just like now I remember when the, they called me to the little bubble and the officer said, man, you have to take congratulations. It was like a joke to the uh, correctional officer. Congratulations. You don't graduate. Have a nice trip down 95 South telling me that I'm going down Lorton. So I'm going down there at that tender age of 17. And, you know, all things is just running through my mind because I'm seeing these penitentiary movies. So I know what those youth was going through, but I just thank God that nothing happened to me. You know, it's something could have happened to me, you know, because some people go to jail and never come back home. They end up running their time up because they have the beefs from the streets and they end up assaulting somebody or getting assaulted. Some people just get killed in jail. Uh, truth be said, but sad story, but it does happen. And uh, nothing happened. I went in there, I got my GED, I got some trays, I got brick masonry tray, I got drywall tray, I got a uh, reupholstering tray. So I just stayed busy because I had a number, but I, I wasn't washed up. I didn't have life. I, I had 9 to 27 years. So I knew that there was some light at the end of my tunnel. So I just knew that for me, what was in my mind, that for me to make parole, because I knew I had to see the parole board, I knew well, at least one thing I needed to have a high school education because I know they was not going to let me sit all them years in jail and just let me come back out the same way I went. So I just was working on my getting my GD and trades under my belt. And um, the first time I saw the parole board, they denied me. They gave me a two-year hit, meaning come back in two years. I felt as though that they gave it to me because I was still young. Because at that time, I have done eight years, and I was only at 24. So it's like, you done done eight years, and you're 24 years old, man. They, I think they was like, well, you, you probably haven't learned your lesson. Because there was no reason why they should have gave me a two-year hit. But you don't have no lawyers or nothing. And parole is not guaranteed this is a privilege so you just have to so when i came back up in two more years because i had got another trade because i already had trades so the first time i saw the parole board i had superior programming and all that no no disciplinary actions or none of that but for whatever reason so not to get off task i know what those uh youngsters is going through and i just was telling them that you know further your education Get you a markable trade and a minor trade, you know, as what I mean by that. Get you something like a business management I and mean, get you a barbering trade. Get you something like if you want to do um, fitness nutrition, that could be your mind. That could be a major or a minor, but just get a couple of the trades on your belt. So that way, when you got something major, you have that minor trade with so you can cut hair on the side. So you still got a source of income coming in. 
Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's good. It's good. And I just remember your you sharing with them and how real you were and looking into their eyes, knowing that you had been on the flip side of that conversation. And I just I it was it was extremely powerful. And so I just I thank you for being able to share your heart. It, it's important. A lot of times people are not as transparent as um as others and so you have Mm -hmm. to me you have done a a wonderful job just in in speaking to young people just in conversations that i hear you where you really share your heart and help people to see that they really can change their lives can be different they really can definitely can and another thing it's just about when you catch an offense in in the district of columbia and even though i've served my time and i'm off of parole and everything but I still have this thing lingering over me because in the District of Columbia, you cannot get your charge expunged. So you're going before an employer, and that law needs to change in the district because you can go in Maryland and Virginia and get your charge sealed or expunged, but in the district, you can't. I've tried many times, and they say the same old thing that, you know, unfortunately, you committed this offense in D.C., and you cannot get your charge expunged. And so now, I've done so much. I've done... I've been out home. I've been home 18 years now since 2001. They only supposed to go back seven years, but they still will see it. They shouldn't hold it against me, but I don't want to be shown, period, because I might want to get into something cybersecurity or something else, SPO or anything, but I can't now because I have this lingering over my head. But and like Something you and like you yes it, it will it will and that that's why we're doing this work and that's why you're involved in this work as well because you did serve your time you mm-hmm. have served your time and it should be time served and now you're able to move on without having that record hung over your head i i fully agree with you been La- home eight been home 18 years yeah i came as i came home to 2001 i was 28 i'm 45 now Yes. So it shows that you obviously are not doing anything wrong over these 18 years. And so they it, it should be forgiven. Even if you had done something, the fact is you served time for mm-hmm. the crime that you committed previously and it should be erased. I, yeah. I agree with you. Lastly, as we prepare to wrap up, I always like to give our guests an opportunity to pretend as if you're going into the households of every American that would listen, that would hear you, just to share one thing that you want them to know about returning citizens or just something that you feel like is important to to share with them. It's not all what society may make it to be because right now, especially during this day of time, that just give that return a citizen a chance because as I said, I came home in 2001 and now it's 2019 and I could just look back at the resources that I didn't have that is available now. As far as even minimum wage, minimum wage back in 2001 in Washington, D.C., I was working like $8.75 an hour. Now it's up to like $15 an hour. You got so many resources out here. So don't limit it the return a citizen. Help them out. Give them a chance. That's all. That's 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 my main thing. Just give them a chance, mm-hmm. and you will see that you made a, a a good decision. Now, I'm not. I know you see stuff on TV that, or you hear in the news that an uh, ex offender made a uh, return a citizen did this and did that. It's, stuff happens, you know. But everybody is not like that. 
That's right. Majority, majority of everybody, if that brother or sister can come home and just willing to get a job, just a job, a source of income, I guarantee you, if you, that person would be a great asset to your company. Just give that, just give that brother or sister a chance. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent. And you're, you're so right. On that note, we are going to wrap up this portion of the show. Will again, I thank you because your story is is sharing that the mission is possible. The the mission of people, men and women, getting out of incarceration and coming back to our communities, contributing on so many different levels. And your story today is inspiring to those people that want to be homeowners, that desire to have families and have healthy environments. And you're, you're doing all of that and more. And so I just, again, want to thank you for what you're doing. And please give my love to your wife and your kids and just appreciate you so much. I just hope that they see that being a returning citizen, that if given a chance, you can stay out here. It's all in your decision. You got to want to stay out here. I remember real quick. I remember that I was like, I had to work two jobs to make like $17 an hour. And then I was happy for that. If you just, you can stay out here, just do the right thing. Stay away from your old ways, your old neighborhoods. And just, you got to remove yourself and just Follow. First of all, you gotta you gotta have your spiritual foundation. You, you gotta walk with the Lord. You gotta walk with Him because He opened doors for us. He closed doors for us. He keep us out of situation. We might get we might be harmed, but we won't be devastated by. Him. And it's just so many His His love and His grace that He just opened so many doors, and you just be like, Wow, God, thank you. I knew I I, I didn't see none of this coming, but I didn't see where my life would be at here today if I wasn't walking with Him. Yes, yeah. Well, beautiful. Well, I, I'm glad that he's given me the opportunity to meet you as well. Yes. It's just been been awesome. Okay, so on that note, we are going to wrap up this segment. God bless you. Thank you so much, Will, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, I just want to thank Will for his story and his transparency. You know, these stories are remarkable because most of these individuals have faced extremely difficult challenges to get here. And we're glad that they that they've made it, that their stories are helping to encourage and inspire not only returning citizens, but the community that our desire is to change the perspective, how they think about returning citizens. And so... I, I love it. I really, really love what we're doing. Speaking of encouraging, it's time for Coach Nate's battle plan. You do not have to have been incarcerated to need inspiration. So let's hear what's mapped out for us on today. Coach. Hey, human. Coach Nate here with today's battle plan. Finding yourself a little dismayed, a little discouraged, wondering what's going on with this life that I'm living this life that I'm in, this world that I'm, I'm living in kind of seems negative. Sometimes you uh, get a little depressed, down. Things don't seem plausible. Maybe wondering if things are even possible. Yes, there are very bad things going on in this world. Some of them caused on purpose, others by accident. Some thinking that's the right thing to do sincerely, and they may be sincerely mistaken. That doesn't mean that you have to be part of that or participate in it. You are often part of the problem or part of the solution. There are symptoms and there are problems. It was Steven Pinker who said, We will never have a perfect world, but it's not romantic or naive 
to work toward a better one. We can affect positive change with our lives if we make a conscious decision to do so. Any effort put towards making things better is an investment, a positive investment that will reap a harvest, a fruitful, positive harvest. It's not wasted effort. With all of the negativity that you're bombarded with at any given moment, which is kind of hard to escape, you're wondering, what kind of world is this that we're, we're living in, that you're living in? Whether it impacts you personally or someone that you know, or it's just suffocating, it's all around you and you, you seem unable to escape it at times, that can bring you down. Don't let it. Yes, things can be negative at times, whether you're looking on social media, whether you look at the news, maybe conversations, break rooms, coffee. It's hard to escape everywhere you turn. That can cause us to give up hope. Things are dark, dismal. It's just not going to get better. Things are getting worse. Those are the messages that we hear and see. Maybe we're seeing that in our own life. That can cause us to want to give up, to quit, to, you know, why bother trying? Well, I'll tell you why. Because you can make a difference, an impact. Once you embrace defeat, you give it power. However, when you embrace, work towards, focus on, deliberately make efforts towards making things better, towards improving, whether it be yourself, your relationships, the people you work with, the conversations you have, the people that are around you, things can change for the better. Things can improve. It does not have to be all bad. It doesn't have to be all negative. Be the difference. Be the positive one. And I'm not saying, again, naively, like there's nothing wrong, but don't add to that. It exists. It's going to be there. You know, it was said you could put darkness in a shoebox and take it outside and you're not going to see it. But you could put a little bitty flashlight in a shoebox and take it into the largest arena that was completely dark. And if you open up that shoebox, you're going to see that light in that stadium. Light outshines dark. Good outshines evil. Work towards making it a perfect world. What do you have to lose? Things can improve and be better. We may not get there. But it's much better of a journey trying to improve and make things better and, and working for the good than it is just settling for the negative and what is. Once you settle, that's the way that it's going to be. Take your life, invest it, plant it, plant seeds, develop, cultivate, make a change in this world. If you don't like something, make it better. Positive always outweighs negative. Use your life as a tool to make things better. You will then attract into your life better things. Until next time, this is Coach Nate. Live your best life on purpose now. Thanks, Coach. Humanness. This is what we all have in common. We are human with many shared dreams and aspirations. The original piece you heard at the top of the show was inspired by my I Am Human campaign a few years ago. I hope it not only speaks to you, but calls your human sense to knock down this human fence. The Buy for Returning Citizen campaign, free families, and worshiping at friendly congregations. It's easy. And remember, we've got to pray. This is it for the week. We hope you're enjoying this original podcast theme music 
And today's I Am Human, what I'm calling Spoken Beat Treat, was written by composer and psalmist Danielle Gandhi Dunn. This is Mission Possible. I'm Sheila Murphy, and I'd love for you to visit missiontomobilization.com to learn more about our work and visit natebattle.com for this week's battle plan. Until next time, create your battle plan and make your mission possible. Thank you.